Hello guys and welcome back to the Part Time Podcast by Park Fem. Um, it is just me and Katie today, so I hope you're not too disappointed. Celeste's still in Thailand until the end of this week and then she's back maybe next week, maybe the week after that. We're not going to rush her into the process after being traveling for a month. Naomi is missing this week as well. That is personal reasons that neither me nor Katie are going to get into. They are her own personal reasons. We respect her personal reasons. So you have me and Katie this week. Hi. And we have a lot to debrief between the two of us this week because we had two rounds (laughs) of Formula E in Diria. We had the Race of Champions in Sweden. And we also had the 24 hours of Daytona, which was interesting to say the least. Um, And (laughs) I've still compared, compared, I've still um, created the guess who and the quiz for Katie. So Katie's going to get like uh, upper hand lead on everyone potentially here. Um, I doubt it. (laughs) I really doubt it. So, um, do you want to do the guess who before we get into things? Sure. Sure? Sure. 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 No. I was absolutely cackling while I was writing this because of something I read on Wikipedia while I was doing this. So Katie's a bit nervy B. Right. Hello. After a minor technical difficulty uh, with Katie's PC constantly deciding to shit itself, we are back. And you'll guess who number one was this driver start cutting at the age of eight. Any guesses? No. <laughs> <laughs> you can literally spitball any name and you might get it wrong. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Clue number two. <laughs> this driver debuted in single-seaters after seven years of karting. Whether you want to deem that as a long time or not, I'd say it's pretty normal, seven years, personally. Yeah, but then if they started at eight anyway, that's still like, yeah, I suppose 15 when they made the move up to single seaters. I've, I've got to be something out of the stuff that we've watched, no? Maybe. Looks like. Uh, oh god, it's so much harder when it's just you. Yeah, you don't have the other two giving you hints and tips and. Because you know, <laughs> I that. have no clue. Uh, um, go through my head. Have we had Jake Dennis? Yeah. Okay. Right. Not him. Not him then. <laughs> Uh, we've had Sasha, haven't we, as well? Mm, no. Oh, Sasha. I just remember being so adamant last week that it was him. <laughs> so, question number three is this drive question. Clue number three. This driver has won twice in Macau. It doesn't help. I put this one in scared that you were going to get it then on question number three from it. Question number three? Thingy number three? Clue number three. Really? Yeah. I don't know whether this is just a... I'm making a kick myself. Um, maybe. It's only because, like, I'm pretty sure, like, most people, when they think of Macau, they think of this person. 
So, but I don't know whether, like, if you haven't watched Macau a lot, then you might not know. Not like, really, no. Um, I feel like if I was, like, I have a feeling if Celeste and Naomi were here, they would have probably got it on here, but that's because they both watch Macau. Yeah. I don't, so. Uh, the only clip that I remember from someone talking about Macau was Tickton. But I don't know whether he's won anything, but it's the only name I can think is Dan Tickton. So you're going to go for clue number three? Okay. Clue number four. This driver never managed to win an F2 or F3 championship, although they were close. Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm just going to stick with Dan. I don't know. Clue it's probably really insulting. So if any Dan Tickton fans are listening, I, I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, clue number five. This driver has been a part of two Formula One teams as a development driver. Yeah. And then number six, Fantastic. this driver is very well known, especially for his Twitch streams and having his qualifying ruined <laughs> by a dog. <laughs> and cats. <laughs> and cats. Cats and dogs. Which was it this time? Dog? Cat? Cat. <clears throat> this time it was a cat. Last time it was a dog. Wow. My Watching one clip of Macau and I got it. <laughs> yeah. I watched one clip and it was him. In his four years in Macau, so he's done four Macau's in years, He's won two of them, and then one of them he DNF'd, and the other he finished 13th. Um, that was a very eventful race. Um, but, like, normally when people go, oh, Macau, they go, ah, Dan Tickton. Yeah. Because, like, he's very well known for that. It's pretty much his, like, only real wins in single seaters has been Macau. Yeah. Because he finished vice champion in F3 one of the years, and the highest he got in F2 was fourth. So... Yeah, the thing I was giggling at was, so this bit on this on Wikipedia, it was un, it goes personal. Tickton has gained a following of over twelve thousand followers on streaming platform Twitch, where he plays Call of Duty. He is well known for his outspoken, blunt, and occasionally discourseous nature, which mostly stands out in interviews and team radio messages, and has earned him a controversial reputation. <laughs> Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> That's I what suppose I it's one way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um but I feel like having you know, guess who Dan Tickton leads us nicely into uh, Formula E because although it was a pretty good weekend for Formula E, I think the most memorable part was Dan getting impeded by <laughs> an animal. <laughs> by an animal. That's an animal. That hang on, I wanna. Where is it? Where is it? Yeah, impeded by the cat. That's. <laughs> that must be the most disheartening thing when you're like on an absolute flyer, you're about to get through to the jewels, and then what happens? A cat runs out in front of you. Yeah. 
Not just that, a lot of people I saw on Twitter were like, the cat wasn't even that close to him. I don't know why he's crying. At the end of the day, they're going however many kilometers an hour towards the cat. Yeah. Like, they have to, like, start thinking about breaking so much earlier hmm. and, like, evading like, so much earlier so that it might seem like an overreaction, but he's got to do that. Otherwise, you would have been on live TV murdering a cat. Because, like, Sorry. obviously, the second he saw it, he would have started to slow. If he'd have kept going yeah. at full speed ahead, he would have probably been about an inch away from that cat. Yeah. And you don't really want to be doing that on live TV. No. Nope. <laughs> um, that was kind of, like, I feel like that highlighted over so much of the news. Um, I feel like one thing we have learned, though, from Formula E right now is that um, that Porsche powertrain is yeah far too strong like don't get me wrong i love knowing that my team is doing well i'm a porsche girl so i love knowing my team's doing well in something this year so far we'll get on to that depression later um but the fact that out of the first three races that we've had of the year so far the one two in every single race has been jake dennis and pascal verlein is every reason as to why I preferred FE over Formula 1 and it, that was completely down to the fact that you never knew who was going to win and you could have Jake Dennis starting down in like 12th, 13th or wherever he started and he still came to come second which isn't taking away the fact that he's a great driver because he is he's a great driver and he wouldn't be able to put the car where it is if he wasn't a great driver however I miss not knowing who might win. It's like I think, yeah, I think when you like look F1 at when I just yeah. watch like the podium below, like below the podium every time in the race because it's much yeah. more interesting. Yeah, but I think when you look at the standings, where like they've obviously won between the three of them, come like first and second for it. Literally, but Jake Dennis is in second with like sixty-two points. The next person is Buemi, fucking hell, in third. He's on 31 points. So second place is already double the points of the next person. Mm. Like, Pascal's got 68. Uh, Cassidy's in 10th. He's got 10 points. If it's going to go on like that for the rest of the season, there's going to be no point in watching it. Like, it's just going to lose its sparkle a little bit in comparison. I loved the fact that when you watched Formula E, you literally, so like, we got down to um, South Korea last year, and it was between two drivers. But before that, when we were the first round in South Korea, there was like four drivers that could have been between. And when we were in London, it was between six drivers. Yeah. I think that's always been the appeal of like this and touring cars for me over F1, because F1, you sort of like, yeah, like you said, you kind of watch the midfield more because the midfield actually has competition between them. And it's like this, like Formula E used to be, going into like the final stages with like six people in the chance. Touring cars, we went into the last round. Out of 30 rounds, we went into the last round with three people that could win the championship. I just think it's more entertaining to watch because the drivers are driving with a purpose as opposed to just driving to get some more points. Because it's like, don't get me wrong here, I love Lewis. Every ounce of my being, I love Seb. Their dominant eras 
I wasn't a fan of, and that's because I'm not a fan of one personnel dominance the entire way through. I like a little bit of mix. I like not knowing what could happen next. That's why I found the past, like the whole of last season, I found very, very boring with F1, and that's purely down to the fact that it was just complete max dominance the whole time. And it's like when, like, I love Lewis, but even when I was watching him in his just being dominant 24-7, I was like, I'm bored. I want excitement. I want drama. I want there to be a fight for that chi like championship title. That's why I really liked 2021, because there was a constant fight. Would I have preferred there to be more people involved in that fight than just two individuals? Yeah, absolutely. But a fight is a fight at the end of the day. And obviously we are seeing a fight between Pascal and Dennis. However, with Formula E this time after three rounds like year like last year the year before that you'd still have about eight people in contention that you're like mm, any of these people could win the championship at the end but also any of the others on the grid can win the championship and the fact that it's gone down from like eight people questioning that to like oh it's probably between two people for the whole season it's kind of like but my thing is how the fact it's like them two are doing so well but their teammates just aren't up there. Like it's almost like they put a whole package into Berline and Dennis's car, and in just the other two, they're like, "Yeah, yeah your second drivers." Antonio has definitely received um, what's it called? Like he's not had any good luck come on his side. Every everything yeah. has just gone against him everywhere. Yeah, um, but it's still even if you remove that it's still weird at how much more powerful Pascal's car seems. And that's not yeah. like... I think Pascal and um, Antonio are both incredible drivers. They are two of my favourite drivers on the grid. And out of Pascal and Dennis, I am rooting for Pascal. First hand being Porsche, second hand. I, just, I think Pascal's absolutely lovely. Um, mm. But Pascal and Antonio are both incredible drivers. Antonio is literally a champion of Formula E. His driving ability is not being shown in that car at all. And as much as I am not the biggest fan of Andre Lotterer, I cannot deny the fact that he is also an incredible driver. He is an insanely talented driver. He would not have the driving CV that he has right now if he was not an insanely talented driver. And obviously jake dennis i also believe is a very very talented driver jake dennis has a lot less experience as well you would think that maybe there would be closer but the fact that such a long-term talented driver seems to be doing so much less than his kind of newer teammate also makes you kind of question a little bit obviously there's nothing to deny that we've seen that rookies can come in well jake dennis isn't a rookie but a younger newer driver can come in and do better than a champion winning driver fernando alonso lewis hamilton prime example of that um but it you know lewis and uh, lewis and alonso were still very very close and it just seems like jake and andre are just not that close and it does make you question what is in jake and pascal's cars for them to be going so much quicker than their teammates and also the rest of the grid yeah i i still remember texting i was i was very bitter I was bitter because I was like, it's happening again. It's going to be like an eight second lead. And it's just going to be boring. So I messaged and I was like, um, this is when like the Porsche powertrain do a Ferrari 2019. 
with an illegal powertrain. Which would be interesting. I think that would be very scandalous. It'd be very scandalous. I think it'd be one of the like the biggest scandals we've seen in Formula yeah. E. Because it's like when I think scandals Formula E, things like that never have come to brain. No, come to mind. <laughs> come to brain. Because the the whole thing is that they have like a standard, like they all have a standard car, mm. and then they obviously add their own bits. So you don't really get very many scandals to do with the car. So I think if something, like, it did turn out that something in the car was illegal, I think it'd cause a lot of shit. A whole lot of shit. It would definitely have to be to do with the powertrain, though, for it to be yeah. the two Porsche-powered... Yeah. Well, the four Porsche-powered To be the Porsche, cars, yeah. The two Porsche-powered yeah. teams. Yeah. Drama. Something smells a bit suspicious. We be suspicious. We be suspicious. Um, yeah, we saw Jake Hughes put it on pole as well. Can't forget that. Jake Hughes put it his first on his third race of Formula E, put it on pole. Now, McLaren clearly has the pace for like a lap or so in like qualifying. They have the qualifying pace. It's just replicating that qualifying pace into the race because it seems to be lacking a little bit, but also... Not so much. Obviously, Renault Ass got the fastest lap in the first um, the first race of Duria. So, round two. Um, so, the pace is quite clearly there. I do think McLaren's strategy was a bit weird this weekend. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, Mitch Evans had to push Jake over the um, finish line. Which... How much anyone says anything, obviously it's Stuart didn't say there was anything wrong, so <laughs> take that as you will. <laughs> I, um, that made me chuckle when I saw that, because I was yeah. I missed round two. I watched round one, I missed round two because I was out, because um, it was family's birthday, so I was seeing family. Um, so yeah. I missed round two, and I just see, oh my god, Mitch has just rear-ended Jake, and I was like, what? What? Yeah, when you're in a crew chat with people who like Evans and you're sat here as a JQ fan going, he didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> he didn't do worse. anything wrong. Yeah. Most I think it was... I love so many of them drivers and it just yeah. becomes painful. I think obviously it was it was shit that like the McLaren strategy obviously didn't take into account the extra lap. That's the only thing that I can think of sort of defending McLaren is that they didn't think they were going to get the extra lap. Mm. So they told Hughes to push. And then obviously he pushed, didn't have enough time to regen. And then the car just went singing. But I do think when you watch the video, Mitch did have quite a lot of room and some sort of time to sort of make an evasive move. Do you get what I mean? Like when they come around the corner initially... He's not pinned in. By the time they get to the line, yeah, he is pinned in because Wemi took the chance and went for yeah. went for it. But I do think I think that's why there sort of hasn't been a decision by the stewards because as much as yeah, it was Jake's fault that he ran out of power. I think Mitch could have evaded. Avoided that makes sense. Situation, yeah. Yeah, which I know a lot of people probably be like, no, he couldn't. But from what I saw the video i just 
think yeah. the only people that know exactly how that situation could have changed differently is obviously the team personnel and yeah. the drivers themselves. And... I think the driver room was quite funny because yeah. Jake sat there. Jake sat there in a chair, going, oh, "I'm getting, I'm going to get killed. I'm going to get killed." All the other drivers are pissing themselves, laughing, thinking oh, it's just like if it was for first and second place, or it was for like third place on the podium, you'd, he'd probably be a bit more like. Yeah. But all the drivers are like, yeah, no. That's funny. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. And, you know, Mitch Evans is one to state his case as well. So, like, yeah. if he was angry about it, we would have heard about it. But I literally looked yeah. over and he's staring at me because his driver card's on the wall, like, right behind <laughs> my mic. And I'm like, sorry, Mitch. Sorry. Sorry, sorry Mitch. Sorry. Mm. Mitch Evans is beyond lovely, though, so. Yeah. At the end of the day, McLaren's a new team. Jake Hughes is a rookie driver. Um, Mitch Evans is yeah. currently not in contention for any sort of championship, so I don't think he was all that fast in no. that situation. Um, it's also at the start of the season, so if you're going to have beef at the start of the season, you've got to carry it through. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it is quite impressive, though. Sam Bird is currently sitting fourth in the standings. Um after he retired from the first race. So, you know, after after a retirement, he's doing pretty good. Um, also finished third on the podium in Deria for round one and finished fourth for the second round. Rennie Rust was on the podium um, for round two. Obviously, the other two individuals on the podium were, as we said, Pascal Verlein and Jake Dennis. Um, but yeah, so this is where it's kind of like, you know, the McLaren... I feel like once they work on their strategy a bit and figure out a bit more of the pace in the car, like on the day, then yeah, I think they'll be pretty good. They'll be pretty solid. I... Jake Hughes is sat fifth and Ronnie Rast is sat sixth. Um, a yeah, more work and I think, I think they'll be there. I think Rast McLaren showed potential. There was a potential there because when he took his attack, like attack mode, it was sort of I don't know, it just seemed like it had a pace of some sort yeah but then it was almost like they like flicked a setting on the car and it just went back down to bog standard yeah so yeah i think they need to sort of try and fine tune the car a bit more yeah but it's it's a learning place yeah um, and then obviously you had eduardo Mortara, who ret- retired retired retired, retired in mexico city <laughs> and he also retired in round one of diria um, and obviously came back to take a couple of points for round two. Um, and obviously we saw Dan Tictum get his first points in Formula E, um, even mm-hmm. being impeded by a cat. Oh. Um, one thing yeah. I remember seeing, um, so <laughs> it wasn't a good day for Mr. Van Dorn. Nothing's ever been a good day for Mr. Van Dorn. No, but it was a lot worse. So the dude's already like knocked down, like he's way out of contention for even points. No, it comes up on the little bit from the FIA stewards that he is getting investigated for improper use of attack mode. Right? After the race, it pops up. Uh, yeah, no, they agree he improperly used his attack mode. He got a drive-through penalty which was then converted into a time-second penalty. He got 24-second time penalty. 
How do so you the misuse <laughs> bloody attack mode? You just drive off onto the attack mode and call it a day. I don't think he used all of it. I think he only used like I, well, I don't know. I don't remember seeing him use his full attack mode. I think it was the safety car, but surely they still had laps after the safety car. So if you knew that you were gonna, hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I can have a look, but. It was just very sort of. It just popped up, and I was like, hey. <laughs> "Oh, hang on, found it." <laughs> uh, if my Wi-Fi decides that it wants to, you know, work. Um, yeah. Uh, so he was set for points finish. Um, apparently, it was a problem with his dashboard. Electronic uh, glitch meant he had a blank dashboard, oh, so yes. he couldn't activate. He couldn't press the button to activate it. Yeah, lost all the steering wheel functions in the car early on in the race, which precluded him from take, talking on the radio and selecting the attack mode activation. So he took. The attack mode, but can actually take the attack mode. So, yeah, that hurts. <laughs> I feel like we need to move away from Formula E before I cry. <laughs> it's gonna um, hurt. It's gonna when, hurt. When are we at high, high, uh, high, high, high derivative? There we go. I would call it hyper bad. Um, yes, yeah, I always read it. Yeah. I was just clearly can't read. Uh-huh. Um, hi, we go to Hyderabad the 11th of February. So once again, we have a weekend off. And then we are back mm-hmm. again. I should have known that. Um, <laughs> we have two more series to discuss. We've got, obviously, the Race of Champions and the 24 Hours of Daytona. I thought, you know, well, we'll do a nice little Race of Champions quiz. So I lost all fucking sound there. Uh, <laughs> Race of Champions quiz. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing you really need to know out of all of that. Um, are you ready? Do you have your little thing up and ready? Yeah. Pedro. I'm not ready, but um, Pedro Gaffiotto is here. There's one question that I put in just for you as well. Oh, no. Okay, so question number number one is what was the first year the Race of Champions was held? I will give you like a few up and a few down. Maybe we'll go three up, three down. But it's been around for... it's, It's been around longer than I've been around. But not as long as Angela's been around. Yeah. I definitely think it's 90s. Definitely think it's 90s. Because I know there used to be like a race of... Oh, shit. A race of champions thing of brands. It's all, like, it's all over the walls. They had their own like race of champions. But it was like F1 drivers. Mm-hmm. And that was in the... Eight, 70s, 80s? 
But then I know that this one's a lot earlier, but I'm going to go... I've got three up, three down. I'm going to go... Oh, shit. Oh, it was 1988. Oh, so if you were stuck with 1990... Yeah, I would have got it. You would have got it. Fuck. It's Fuck. all right. It's all right. You learned something new. Yeah. Okay. I knew it was that era. This one, I think, is probably relatively easy going off of, like, a guessing basis. Um, which country has the most Nations Cup race of champion wins? So, because obviously they have Champions of Champions and they yeah. have the Nations Cup. So this is the country with the most most Nation Cup wins. I'm between three. What three are you between? Germany, Norway, and Sweden. I'm just trying to think. I'm between Germany and Norway. But I'm going to go this one, and I know for a fact now that I've guessed this one, it's going to be, oh, it's probably not even going to be that between either of them two, but. You're correct, it's Germany! Yeah! <laughs> yeah, look at you go! <laughs> One right! <laughs> okay, so this next question for people listening might cause a little bit of controversy, but I will explain why after. Which nationalities have the most champions of champions wins? Which nationalities? Well, it was meant to be nationality, but I wrote I changed it from nationality to nationalities because I was like, oh, it's two of them, and then went no because two of the drivers under one nationality have four wins each, whereas the rest are like only two so technically it's just one nationality which nationality has the most champions of champions wins and it is none of what you said before oh okay uh... yeah because initially yeah uh... i know Charlie is texting me oh no she's just reacting to what i meant said Oh, you were bang on it. Isn't that France? <laughs> I was just trying to think of like, not any of the ones that I mentioned. Obviously, France, Germany, but France, Germany, Norway, Sweden. Yeah. Then the only other like team that I can think that obviously have like a history of champions in different series, especially like Sebastian Loeb mm-hmm. of like World Rally Cross. Is he one of the ones before? I'm uh, pretty sure he is. I think he is. Cool. Can't remember. Nice. Right. Yeah, they France have had five drivers, and between those five drivers, they've had 11 wins. The reason cool. I originally wrote nationalities is because Finland have also had five drivers. Yeah. However, um, two of the French drivers both have four wins each, and then the other three have one win each. Whereas with Finland, um, I think two of them have two wins each, and then the rest yeah. have one. So. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That's if anyone wants to start drama. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so this is the one where I said earlier I don't know if my geography is going to fuck me over here. 
Okay. A bit like this. I'm going off of um, what Google tells me geographically here. Between 1992 and 2003, Race of Champions competed at which Spanish island? Spanish island. Oh god, because it could either be the Balearics or the Canaries. Not Mallorca, because Mallorca would have more stuff on it, basically saying that they had race champions for so long. Mm -hmm. Don't think it's Ibiza. Don't think it's Menorca. It's definitely the Canaries. Oh my god. It's not Fuerteventura. It could be Fuerteventura. No. What's the other fucking Canary Island? Oh my god, no, it's going to piss me off now. Because they do triathlons there. I don't know how many Canary Islands there are personally. Neither do I. I think there's three. If you said to me Canary mm. Islands, there's only one I'd know and it's that answer. I know, and that's the one that I can't remember. <laughs> Hang on, let me think. Right, it's floating sure. Oh, is this the one I wanted to go to? Ah, uh, um, it's known for its black to... lava and white sand beaches. Wow. Yeah. If it if it is worth mature, I'm actually going to cry. But I think it's Tenerife. It is Gran Canaria. Gran Canaria is that the other island? I'm assuming so. Gran Canaria is one of Spain's Canary Islands of northwest Africa, northwestern Africa. Oh. If you said Canary Islands, the only thing I'd be able to say is Gran Canaria because it's in the name. Yeah, no, there's in the Canary Islands, they've got like a few, but it's Tenerife, Lanzarote, Gran Canaria, Fuerteventura. But they've all got, when you said about black beaches and volcanoes, they've all got black beaches and volcanoes. White beaches and black (laughs) lava. Oh, okay. Sorry. That's why I didn't get it. <laughs> okay. Question number five is how many Nations Cups did Michael Schumacher and Sebastian Vettel win together? I'll give Probably you one, up, one down four. from this. Probably less than four. Wait, no, 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 Nations. Nations Cup. Nations, Nations, Nations. Sorry, I was still on the, I was on the um, Champions of Champions one. How many Nations Cups did Michael and Seb win together? Together. And you obviously now know, well, you know that Germany has the most Nations Cups wins. I just smacked myself in the face. (laughs) One up, one down. I'm going to go with the fact that I'm going to miss having this number on the grid. Fucking hell, why can't I 
actually write the number properly. It is in fact six, but because I'm giving you one up, one down, you get it right. Thank you. They have six. See, I was going to go, I was like, whenever I'm unsure, I'm going to go four, but then I was like, no, because, so I'll go five, because then it could be four, but then it could be six. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Okay. Sorted. And question number six, before the bonus question. Have England ever won a Nations Cup? And if you can... This is England as an England, because obviously now we're the UK. England. Yeah, now we're the UK. Because mm. obviously England and Scotland both used to compete separately in the race of Champions, yeah. and now we're the UK. See, I'm thinking very when it goes back to like 88. Surely we've got to have won one. I'm saying yes. Yeah, we have in fact won one. Do no. you want to know who were the two drivers that won it? Because we had England 1 and England 2 that year. And it was England 1 that won. And in England 2, Jensen Button was there. But England 1, so the English team that won, race champions, was Jason Plateau and Andy Prialux. Jason Plateau. Both of which are British touring cars drivers. I know. <laughs> Um, and Jason Andy Plato also did the European last Yeah, Jason Plato retired uh, the last race of Brands Hatch that I went to. And it was just, it was a bloody sob, sob, sob fest. He got, yeah, the qualifying, they did a bit like what they did with Seb. Because hmm. it's like, obviously, um, yeah, it's timed in the same way. They don't do like Q1, Q2, Q3. But they let him basically have the track to himself to set the fastest time that he could and it was just sort of like a nice little yeah. send off from all the drivers because he is a legend when it comes to touring cars yeah so it's a good job you got so. the question right that involved touring cars people <laughs> <laughs> is that what you meant by like there's going to be one of them that yeah, yeah. um so <laughs> oh, out of six questions so far you've got three right there was only th six points out okay. of grabs there so 50 percent, pretty good so you've got the bonus question here where there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. There's fifteen points up for grabs here. Okay. I've technically already given you one of the answers in one of the questions. Okay. Name all of the places Race of Champions has been held. Okay. Some of these um... you can put down like countries, but obviously there's like Germany have had two different locations france have had two different locations spain have had three different locations so you can't just put spain germany france and you know. <laughs> are you sure yes <laughs> oh fuck um but things like there are you know certain countries that you could just put the country down because they've only had one so like obviously we've been to sweden we've only been to sweden this these past two times so yeah which I can say that one because if you don't get Sweden, then I'm confused. <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> I, I completely Sweden. forgot. I'm joking. <laughs> right, Sweden. <laughs> what was the one we spoke uh, about earlier? <laughs> Frank <Frankenaria. laughs> 
That's one of your spades. You got three spades, so that's one of them. I think I'm going to get the Spanish ones. Interesting. Because I feel like if I don't get the Spanish ones, then can I really call myself Spanish? No. No, exactly. You will have to remember. Uh, yeah, exactly. My handwriting is atrocious, by the way, but where it's only me, I feel like I can list the stuff to you. I read it. Uh... There have been multiple ones in France. Yeah. Fuck. Two in France, two in Germany, or in Spain. The rest are all individual countries. I feel like going. I feel like going capital cities is a good bet. Because I feel like if a country is going to have a race of champions, then they're not really going to put it in like an outline sort of. Obviously, Sweden's a bit different, but I'm just checking where this one that I've written down is in. Oh, it's quite literally in... Okay, that that was stupid of me. Also, <laughs> <laughs> got to, you know, think about as well, like, where would have racetracks to be able to do this? Yeah. But I'm pretty sure... Cut this out if I'm completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure... There, there's definitely been a London one. Because it's the video of Mick and Seb. And I know for a fact that that was London because I've watched it. That's where sure. England won. Yeah. Yeah. But that was, I swear that was in like a purpose-made arena. Like it wasn't at a track. I swear they made like a sort of, like they made a track. I could be mistaken. Two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. Uh, it was at Wembley Stadium in London. Yeah, I think because uh, that's one of the only ones where they made like they made a track. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of these are in stadiums. Interesting. So that one's at a circuit, and then we went back to London in twenty fifteen. At London Stadium in Stratford. Yeah. Yeah, because that would the yeah the Olympic Stadium. Mm -hmm. Um, how many have I got so far? Okay. So there's fifteen. Yeah. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I've well, got nine. Obviously, Gran Canaria was from 1992 until 2003. Yeah. We're two years, obviously, in London, like you said. I'm between two cities for the German one. What have you got so far for Germany? Nürburgring. Because I remember watching clips of that. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's Nürburgring. But then I'm between Berlin 
Actually, I'm between three for the last one. Between Berlin, Munich, or Dusseldorf. I always thought it was pronounced Dusseldorf. Is it Dusseldorf? 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 I think it's both. Like, it depends, yeah. Like, the same as, like, Munich is supposed to be München. If you say Munich in German, it's München. Which is Bayern München. Um, right, I'm gonna go, gonna go with that one. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Has there been an American one? Surely. Where would it be though? Uh, no, there wouldn't. There's not space to do it there. between oh yeah 2021 held no race and 2020 was online so they don't count towards this 2016 there was also no race um 2013 was cancelled due to political crisis oh hang on is that one Right, I don't think I'm going to get any more. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six. I've got 11. Alright, what have we got? Obviously Sweden. Yep. London. Yep, hang on, let me... One, two, yep. Grand Canaria. Yep. Now for the Spanish ones, I went cities. So I went Madrid and Barcelona. Yep, both of them. Good. Okay, because the only other place I could think would be around where we're going on holiday, because they seem like it seems like very thingy, mm-hmm. like down Andalusia. But uh, Nurburgring. Yep. And the other German, I did tic tac toe. Not yeah, no. Yeah, tic tac toe, and I've got Dusseldorf. Yep, Dusseldorf, correct. Fuck yeah, boy. <laughs> um. France, I only got one. I put Paris. No. You okay. had Mothlery, 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 which is in northern France. It's about 16.2 miles from Paris. Okay. And you also had Saint Denis, or Saint Denis, Saint Denis. Okay. Which is, cool. it's just north of Paris in the commune of Saint Denis. <laughs> Okay. Um, Bangkok. Yep. Cool. Um, Beijing. Mm, yes. I couldn't see it, but I was like, I remember writing it down. We were in Beijing in 2009. last one I've got. Last one I've got is Mexico City. Yep, Mexico City. So you just missed... Um, Bushy Park, which is in Barbados. Mm. So you can have Bushy Park or Barbados. Um, Riyadh, so Saudi. Oh, shit. And that's the only two you missed? Question mark. Yeah, oh, because, yeah, then you missed the two French ones that we already went over. So Mohammed oh, yeah. and yeah, Saint Denis. Yeah. And cool. Did you say America in the end? No. No, you also missed Miami. Oh, fuck. 
I was going to say New York, but then I was like, there's nowhere really in New-, in New York for there to be space for them to do shit, so. Yeah, we... Have I lied here? Oh, yeah, we went to Miami in 2017, and it was won by Juan Pablo... Mon- Pab- revert. Juan Pablo... <laughs> Juan Pablo Montoya. Uh, okay, cool. And the Nations Cup was won by Germany with Sebastian Vettel and Pascal Verlein. Oh, Yeah. That's sweet. <laughs> I'm quite impressed. No, I'm really I'm impressed. impressed. I think it's where I don't have the pressure of the other two. Yeah, <laughs> the stress of the other two. Yeah, because there you accumulated 13 points, which isn't bad at all. No. Seeing no. as there was 15 up for grabs there and 6 up for grabs in the main one. No. 13's not bad. I'll take that. Take it. Take it. Take it. I'll take it. So, obviously, that leads us into Race of Champions. Race of Champions, Emotional Weekend. Once again, mm. I didn't get to watch any of it because of work. I just tried to keep up with it as much as possible. Um, we had a very interesting weekend. Um, a very emotional weekend as well. Uh, with the race of champions, Matthias Ekstrom. Ex- Ekstrom? Yeah. Nice. Yep. Won the race of champions. Mick Schumacher finished runner-up. Um, me and Katie were just discussing this off of camera. Uh, but obviously, Matthias Ekstrom um, also beat Michael Schumacher when Michael Schumacher was racing in the Race of Champions, and it was a very, I don't know, like a really emotional thing to, yeah. you know, see. And we we're just talking about their um, little, what's it called, video where um, Matthias was carrying Michael around on his back back in the day, and now he's doing it with Mick. And his interview after was so sweet that he was like, mm. "There's no one." He was choked up be. the entire time. Yeah, he was like, "There's no one else I'd rather be up here with." Yeah, it was just pulled at your heartstrings, didn't it? <laughs> Made you more depressed than if you already are. Didn't he say something along the lines where it was like, um, "You may not be an F1, but you're." It was yeah. Runner-up champion of champions. Yeah, something like that. It was very oh, emotional. Um, when in, when they finished the race, like they did like their initial interviews, he got so choked up because he was going, it was like, it just feels like I've gone back in time. Like, it feels like only yesterday I was racing Michael. He said in the fact that now, like, I'm racing Mick, he was like, there's no one else I rather would have been, like, in the final with. Um, no one else I could think, like, to carry on the legacy. And Mick stood there just like, oh god it, it says a lot about you as a person when your legacy continues to live on so strongly that everybody loves your son because of the you know because of the person you were as well and yeah. the person you've raised and michael and mick are both such not only such wonderful drivers but wonderful people and yeah it's just i don't know it's so nice to just see I don't know. It hurts. <laughs> it's just, oh, I'm actually, when the Mick announcement was first made that he wasn't going to be in F1, I wasn't, I had my own reasons to be angry about the situation, which are reasons I cannot yeah. publicly disclose online. Um, yeah. And I think because at the time, 
I was already aware of what was occurring and I was almost angry at the entire situation. I was angry at Mick not being there. I was angry at other things regarding it. So I don't think the sadness kind of ever sank in of it. And yeah. now, especially after this weekend, I'm just so sad that, I, you know, I was so happy when he got signed with Mercedes. And I think that's a great move for him. Toto Wolf does a lot for younger drivers. Um, yeah. You've just got to see it where George is and... Obviously, with Esteban Ocon, he made sure Esteban had a seat. He didn't care if it was with Mercedes or not. He wanted that driver to have a seat. Same with Nick de Vries. He didn't care where Nick went, like, went to. He wanted Nick to have that F1 seat. And, you know, it's just... It's even with Valtteri Bottas, when, you know, Toto refused to let Valtteri go until he knew that Valtteri had an F1 seat secured. Yeah. Like, he cares a lot for the drivers. Um, you just have to see the way he is with Kimi Antonelli. Um, yeah. And that I, boy is a second son to him. <laughs> yeah. And I just think he can only do good, really, for Mick and his career. And so it made me say everyone was all that. And then this weekend just made me really emotional because, like, Mick is without a seat completely for next season in anything. Like, he's not racing in anything as, as far as yeah. anyone's aware. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's just like, I don't know, just emotional. <laughs> just emotional. Um, and then obviously we had the Nations Cup, uh, which was won by Norway with the Sol- Solberg. Petter and Oliver. No, yeah, father-son. Oh, yeah. Yeah, father-son. I, in my head, I was about to say brothers, and I was like, ah. Yeah, the Solberg yeah, no, no, no. father-son duo, Petter Solberg, Olivia Solberg as well. Um, that's back-to-back wins for them too. Um, they're both incredible. Um, we loved them over here at Park. Yeah, I think the bit that got me the most is obviously my dad watches Rally Cars. So he brought me up watching Petter Solberg. And then obviously Oliver Solberg came along and everyone's like, oh, it's like the whole, like, the legacy name sort of in Rally Cross. And then everyone was going, oh, is he going to live up to his dad's expectation? And I think it just kind of solidified him as a driver, the fact that he beat his dad in the final. So they made them two go head to head and he beat his dad and it was like a convincing win. Yeah. And it was just the fact that Peter was so, so happy. There wasn't any sort of, like... Obviously, you don't, you wouldn't expect it. But there are some father-son duos in some um, racing series that aren't the um, exact closest. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, he was genuinely so happy. Yeah, I just love seeing them two just yeah. together. There's just something about something so nice and comforting about a father and son competing together for their country. Yeah focus <laughs> I was like you got very close fuck up screw it <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it's focusing on I don't know what it's focusing on fuck knows um, and then oh, if I can even get emotional over <laughs> like 
Mick coming runner-up and the whole Michael Mick thing. The runner-up for the nation's all-star, all-stars? The Nation Cup's runner-up, all-stars, Felipe Dragovic, Tierney Bell. I, if anyone, anyone's not aware, I rate Felipe Dragovic very, very highly as a driver. I love him. I think he is yeah. great. I think he's a great driver. And not only that, he just seems like a great person. And um, he... I just, you know, obviously he's also without an F1 seat, you know, this year, which rattles me because I do think winning a Formula 2 championship should get you somewhere. And the fact that he is without a seat, he's sat in a reserve driver seat for 2023 really aggravates me massively. Um, and seeing him finish runner-up, him and Mick have both proven that you should never be discredited, especially as championship winners. They wouldn't be in the champions champions if they weren't championship winners. And, you know, I just got very emotional seeing Felipe Dragovic coming as runner-up in the Nations Cup. I think that's a great achievement. And yeah. I just want to see him race this year. I want to see mm. him race somewhere this year. I hope Aston Martin give that for him. You know, one of the other things from Race Champions, I don't know whether he was going to mention it, but the E-Rock team. Yeah. So they had, um, what was his name? James Blakely? Is Lucas, that his name? Lucas Blakely. Lucas, Lucas Blakely and Jano Otmere. Mm. They oh, both yeah. raced for, yeah, for the E-Racing, like, Race Champions. And they were drawn against Finland. So everyone, I think, completely dismissed them, said, oh, like, oh, they're against Mika Hakkinen and Valtteri Bottas, like, they're going to fucking lose. No, they, they went 3-0 up and just stormed through the stages. Like, their drives were so impressive. Like, And it just goes to show that, like, even doing, like, e-racing and all these, like, all the sim works, you can still, they still know how to drive. Like, yeah. it's getting so realistic, these, like, games now. But, like, you literally just put them into a car and they're like, yeah, cool, sorted. We're going to drive on snow. Most people can't drive on snow anyway, let alone racing it, like, going fast, turning all these corners and that lot. But they fucking smashed it. So they were sort of, like, a standout for me. To yeah, the, they did absolutely. The race. absolutely. They did amazing. Smashed it. Yeah, because we had um, Adrian Tambi go against David Cousard. Tambi won. Um... And then Felix Rosenquist against Mick Schumacher. Um, Tambay and Coulthard went one to one, and Rosenquist and Schumacher went nil to two. Um, Tambay won on combined times. He was six point eight seconds faster. Um, and then Tambay v Schumacher. Schumacher two nil up. Um, with the that was for preliminaries. With the main draw, you had Drogovic v Hakkinen. Felipe Drogovic went two nil up. Um, and Tambe obviously was against Mick. Mick went 2-0 up. And then it was Djokovic v Schumacher, which went to one Schumacher won on combined time. He was 1.5 seconds faster. Um, you had Valtteri Bottas v Tom Christensen. Christensen went 2-0 up on Bottas. I've just disconnected my headphones. That was a smart idea for <laughs> me. Um, 
and Sebastian Vettel went against Jamie Chadwick, who went to who went to an up, and Christensen beat Vettel um, went into the quarterfinals where Vettel won two 0 up, which meant Mick Schumacher went against Sebastian Vettel in the semi-finals, um, and Mick Schumacher actually went two 0 up on Sebastian Vettel. Um, with the other side of things, you had Sebastian Loeb and Thierry Neuville one one to one. Um, Neville won with 0.04 seconds faster. Um, and you had Petr Solberg and Olivia Solberg. Um, Olivia, Oliver, Olivia, Oliver. 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 Yeah, Oliver. Sorry, Oliver. Yep. It's because, <laughs> yes, they were discussing French pronunciations. Now I keep saying everything in a French pronunciation. Yeah. Oliver went to nice. up on his father. So Thierry and Oliver went one to one. Um, Newville won on that by being 9.5 seconds faster. Um, and you had Johan Christofferson at the Tenafust, which was 2-0 to Johan. And Travis Pastrana against Matthias Ekstrom. Obviously, Matthias went 2-0 up. Johan and Matthias, Matthias went 2-0 up. And then you had, obviously, Thierry with Matthias, and Matthias went 2-0 up. So the final was then, obviously, Mick and Matthias, and Matthias won 2-0. 2-0. I might have just accidentally footballified that. Um, that was with your. That's how you know your champions of champions was sorted. <laughs> Fun times. Fun times. Um, I don't think there's really much else apart from race of champions. Just a really fun weekend, really. Um, mm. Yeah, the 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 funner part of the weekend because then we had the twenty four hours of Daytona. Daytona. Do we want to discuss the negatives first? Um, if you don't know what the 24 hours of Daytona is, by the way, guys, it's a 24 hour race in Daytona. Put two and two together. <laughs> um, it is made up of three, no, four, five, four, five, 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 five different classes. You have the GTP, you have the LMP2, you have the LMP3, the GTD, and the GTD Pro. I forgot about LMP3. Channeling my inner night of me. So, I feel like if we run through the DNFs, we had quite a few DNFs. Um, we had Win One Racing in the GTD, car number 57. They had accident damage, so they DNF'd. Um, <clears throat> the Porsche Penske Motorsport, car number 6, DNF'd from the GTP um, for gearbox failure. Typical car I was rooting for. Always the case, always the case. Um, and then you had the AF Corsa DNF from the GTD. Sorry, she's hit Don't, not you're hit. so excited about that. <laughs> it's the Porsche DNFs and the Ferrari has to DNF. Um, sorry, uh, that was due to an accident. High class racing for the LMP2, car number 20 DNF from an accident. Turn of sport from the GTD Pro, car number 95 DNF from power steering. Um, Fast MD Racing, the LMP3 car number 87, DNF from mechanical issues, Aero Motorsport, LMP2 car number 18, DNF from engine problems, Andretti Autosport from LMP3 car number 36, DNF from mechanical problems, MRS, MRS GT Racing from the LMP3 car number 43, uh, fire. That's what it says. Just fire. Just fire. Um, 
NTE Sport from GTD, uh, Card Number 42, DNF from Oil Tank Problems, RSI Competizioni, Competizioni, um, from the GTD Pro, Card Number 62, DNF from Floor Damage, Kelly Moss with Riley from GTD 92, DNF from Fire. Fire. <laughs> Fire, fire. Um, the TDS Racing LMP2 car number 11, um, DNF from accident damage. The Sun Energy 1 Racing GTD car 75, DNF from cooling problems. Riley Motorsports LMP3 car 74, DNF from engine problems. And Cesala Racing from the GTD car number 47 was floor damage. And where is the other Porsche? Uh, no, we finished the race, didn't we? Just yeah. Did we? We did. Think so. We finished fourteenth in the end. Thirty-four laps down. Jesus Christ. Yeah. There are a lot of issues. Now the negatives are out of the way, and we never have to talk about the portion number sixty and everything again until Celeste is back next week and decides to bring it up. Um. <laughs> Uh, congratulations to Maya Shank Racing, uh, Tom Blomqvist, Colin Braun, Helio Castroveres, and Simon Pajanot. Um, the Acura, they won in the GTP and they obviously won the entirety of the 24 hours of Daytona, car number 60. Um, and the other Acura of Wayne Taylor Racing with Andretti Autosport, with Felipe Albuquerque, Louis Deltar. Uh, Brendan Hartley and Ricky Taylor came second, so it was an Acura 1-2. Um, and then the Cadillac finished P3 with Sebastian Boudoir, Scott Dixon and Renga van der Sander. Glad the Dutch is not here to yell at me for that. Um, <laughs> and you know what? That wasn't the most exciting part, the GTA. Oh, God, yeah. The LMP2. Holy... Yeah, um, if you watched any of it and you watched it, then you'll understand. If you haven't, then just watch the last lap of the 24 hours of Daytona. You'll be able to find this anywhere, literally anywhere. Um, after a 24-hour race, it literally came down to Proton Competition and CrowdStrike Racing for this LMP2 win. So in their class, they were fighting for this LMP2 win. The crowd strike racing was ahead as we were coming down to this last corner. The Proton competition managed to get side by side and were ahead by 0.016 of a second. They quite literally won it on the line. It was insane. On the fucking line. Um, James Allen, Gia Maria Bruni, Francesco Pizzi and Fred Pordad uh, were in that car. Um, that's all we have to say on that car. Don't mention it. <laughs> Don't mention it. No. I just love FIA Formula 3. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to live it down. It gets brought up no. every single day. Every no, no, day. Never. Like, for never going to live it down. For everybody, anyone that doesn't know, um, I work as a part of the social team at Feeder Series. So we cover a lot of Feeder Series. And I remember when Francesco Pizzi was announced that he was going to be racing in this LMP2 car. Right? 
So I was like, I'm going to keep an eye on Francesco Pizzi because he's 18 years old. He races in the, I believe it's the SF1000 at the moment. Um, don't kill me if you see this, anyone from Vida Series. My memory is horrific. Um, but last year he competed in the FIA Formula 3 Championship. And it was his rookie year in the FIA Formula 3 Championship. For him to be in a car that wins the class, the LMP2 class at the 24 hours of Daytona is an insane achievement. Especially as a Formula 3 driver, you go out there and win it. In my excitement, I made a tweet. I forgot to put the word driver, so I essentially tweeted that AFIA Formula 3 won the LMP2 class at the 24 hours of Daytona. No one will let me live this down. I go into the work group chat and I just see AFIA Formula 3. And I'm like guys let me live this down for once it is embarrassing. no no you can't live it down um the most disappointing thing from the weekend is that the af course and the lmp2 actually finished third in their class um sucks that celeste is not here to talk about it yay you're having so much fun she's not here to ridicule me the porsche the both the porsches had a shit storm Okay, and once they the did. two Porsches had a shitstorm, I was like, we're going to have to go to route number three. And that was Tom Blom. Tom so, Blom. In my defence, we won, realistically. Tom Blom won, so I win. Um, I was also in the LMP2 class for Intel Motorsport with um, Scott McLaughlin in USF Newgard. Um, but Katie jinxed that, so. Uh, I jinxed I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I. I have a thing for orange cars, right? McLaren, yeah, people don't like the livery, but that's my little orange car. I saw an orange car on track. I'm like, yep, that's it, that's my one. Don't know anything about it, could be the shittest drivers in the world. I'm like, yep, that's my one. And this goes, oh, that's Boss Bro. So I was like, oh, yeah, cool, cool. Uh, even more of a reason then. Cool, cool. Yeah. Oh, there's a car, there's a car that's cool off track, is in the water. Oh, yeah, that's it, that's the orange car. It's a little orange car. Yep. <laughs> I didn't mean to, okay. I'm sure you didn't. Sure you didn't. I didn't. Um, but there is a lot to like debrief in a twenty four hour race because it was a lot of chaos. We went through all of the like you know, the main kind of vocal points, obviously all your DNFs, like a lot of DNFs always occur when it comes to twenty four hour races. It's normal. It happens. Mm-hmm. It's not the best thing in the world because that must be the most disheartening thing in the world that it happens. Um, yeah, we covered over your winners. Um, it's really difficult to just like really explain what occurred in the race without going into every yeah. in-depth bit about every single car failure and when it occurred. Um, yeah, you just had obviously Tom Blom in that number sixty took the lead originally and ended up obviously regaining that lead. Um, Louis Delatar was pretty much a force to be reckoned with when he was in the car. He took that car from fourth to first during his first stint in the car. Um, so they were very, very close to winning. It was a very close battle between the two Acuras for that top position. Um, yeah. The Porsches um, hitting the fan really helped benefit them there. Um, sadly. <laughs> I Trauma. It's okay. I have the Porsches in Formula E doing well at the moment. So that's all, right. all good with me. It's all good with me. Um, all right for some. However, though, that Porsche, even Celeste did say to me that that Porsche looks quick. 
And it does. Yeah. It looks very, very quick. And if they keep that up through Weck and Elms and the rest of IMSA, Ferrari are in for a struggle. And even she admitted she's now a little bit worried because she was all Billy Big Bollocks about how yes, Ferrari are going to absolutely dominate Porsche. We always dominate Porsche. Hypercar series, we're going to absolutely destroy them. Ha, ha, ha. And then she watched the 24 hours of Daytona and was like, <clears throat> shit, the Porsche looks really good. I was like, the Porsche does Thank look you. really good. I know. <laughs> So she's a bit worried now. She'll come back next week and say that she's not worried. I'm not worried. Yeah. I don't care. I think that's all to really cover across the 24 hours a day Tona without creating a 24 hour podcast discussing <coughs> things 24 hours a day Tona. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the IMSA season for sure. Well underway. Um, IMSA, IMSA, IMSA. Hang on. really a lot on this weekend apart from um f4 yeah we've got an empty weekend for once that's crazy yeah it's good for us because we're not out yeah. we're not out we're not here we're home not home no we're out no we're out <laughs> um yeah, if you are interested in, um, if you if the uh, Rolex 24 at Daytona was the first ever IMSA race you've ever watched, or your first days of endurance racing and you wanted to watch more IMSA in the future, um, the next is the 12 Hours of Sebring. Sebring? Sebring. Sebring. <laughs> I hear Naomi screaming from Wales right now. Um, the 12 Hours of Sebring, that's March 15th to March 18th. Um so there's that um obviously we have nothing on this weekend formula e is the following weekend um we do have so we're filming this on the 31st do you know what today is katie f1 car launch days well actually it's a livery launch livery launch livery launch from um cars from um Haas, yes um, IndyCar obviously in the process of releasing all their liveries for next season. I'm not one to speak on IndyCar because I'm only getting into it properly this year, so I don't know much. May not be in an IndyCar, but there is one IndyCar livery that was fucking stunning. The green and the black. Oh yeah, it's been announced now. Yeah. It's so cute. I know, that's the only reason why I mentioned it, because I've seen it. <laughs> it's so gorgeous. It's stunning. Oh, that bloody oh. gorgeous car, gorgeous car, fucking love a black car. And if Mercedes, yeah. Mercedes, this is for you. If you are teasing me, <laughs> if you are teasing me, tell me We're why done. these guys every single time they post, they're like everything's back better in black and white. I'm like, I know. So are you saying the livery is going to be back to black? Like, don't get me wrong. The Silver Arrows will always hold a special place in my heart. Silver cars have always held a special place in my heart. The first car I ever truly loved with my entire heart, soul, and body was that McLaren Mercedes. I love the Silver Arrows, but that black Mercedes is something that tickles me the correct way. Give me back <laughs> my black Mercedes car. Please. And if you are teasing me by being like, everything's better in black and white, and you're not giving me it, we have a problem. <laughs> anyway. 
angry rant over. I want the black Mercedes back. <laughs> um, I feel like we have more joy in the black Mercedes. The Silver Arrows has given me nothing but pain these past couple of years. True, true. So I want to forget about it. Bring me back the black car. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. So, I don't have anything else to cover. No, I don't think so. Nice, cool. So, thank you guys for joining me and Kay this week. Hopefully, both the girly plots will be back next week. Might just be me and Kay. Might be me and Naomi. Might be me, Katie, and Celeste. Might be all four of us. I don't know. That's a surprise for next week. No one comment on the state of my hair because I'm aware my roots are growing through. But I'm going on holiday soon, so I need to have it done for holiday and not just for everyday inconveniences. That means that in a couple of podcast episodes' time, you're going to get a full four of us in real life one. Um, If you guys also have any um videos you want to see us do while we're together because it'll be the first time all four of us are together for the first time in a long while um it'll be the first time since we started park femme that we'll be all together um and it'll be probably the only time until we're in france in the june so if there's any videos you want to see i'll be seeing celeste and katie in between then and stuff like that but with naomi being a union stuff it's just very difficult for us to all arrange all being together um but if there's any videos you want to see of all four of us together, please let us know. Um, we've, we've started coming up with a couple of ideas and we're going to continue to come up with a couple of ideas. Um, but yeah, if you've got anything, let us know. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you give it a thumbs up. Let us know how you did on the quiz and the guess who. If you are listening on Spotify, Google or Apple, make sure you give us a five star rating um just just to be kind because we spread kindness here um and yeah thank you guys for watching love to every single one of you and we'll see you guys next week ciao bella ciao bella ciao bella <laughs>